In our last episode, Kyle left off with a premonition. The premonition was definitely something to worry about, as worry can sap your energy, make you feel defeated and discouraged, and then make you incapable of being the wonderful person God would have you to be. But something amazing came from this situation, a real triumph a lesson in love and character building. I thought we were going to be talking specifically about worry, but man, oh man, all I can say is get your tissues ready. All right, when we left off, Kyle was telling us about his premonition. So my wife is pregnant with our twins. And I had this premonition that scared me. And, you know, usually, typically for me, when I have these thoughts, thoughts come into my mind all the time, good and bad thoughts. And I push them out if they're bad. I suck them in if they're good. And and this one was bad, so I pushed it out, but it kept coming back. Okay. And when thoughts, come, when thoughts keep coming back to me, I feel like I should pay attention. And so I, I got a little scared because the thought I had was that my wife was going to die in childbirth. And it scared me. And so I... <laughs> You know, I've got four boys that are all under the age of 12. My youngest is six years old at the time, or almost six, two on the autism spectrum. And I'm thinking, I can't do that. There's no way I can do this alone, God. And I'm praying, right? I can't, don't do this. So I, I start praying and I feel the more I pray, mm-hmm. the more I feel like this is real. Mm. And it scares me more and more, but it's not like I can tell anybody. I can't tell my wife, right? I what, what if I'm wrong and I tell my wife? So I'm living with, with this. This is the worry we were talking about, right? I'm in my yes. head and I feel like it's a sign from God. So this is, it's it's really scary for me. So six months left in her pregnancy, they put her on full bed rest. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like a little checkbox that this is real. And at that point, I'm thinking, okay, I need to plan. I need to figure this out, right? I, I'm an action taker. I can't live in my head. And so I start, I start mapping out a plan. You start and planning. Start and one of my plans is to make sure my kids spend as much time as I want them to know her at her core. I don't want her to pass away and then say, who was my mom, right? I you know, so I start doing a lot of stuff. Also, I start planning for how am I going to raise these kids alone? And how am I going to, my newborn twins and I, you know, so I've got these, I'm, I'm writing out plans because I feel like, but the whole time I'm taking action and writing, I'm, I'm just in tears, right? I can't, it's beating me up inside. Well, with about six weeks left, they take her into the hospital mm-hmm. away from me and she's out of the house, right? And this is even more devastating to me because I can't even talk to her at night. I can't. And so what ends up happening to me is every morning I wake up and I get my four boys off to school and then I go to work. And then at lunchtime, I take her lunch every day. And then I go back to work. And then when the kids get out of school, I go pick them up. And then after I pick them up, I, I go take them home and clean them up. And then we go see her every night. Weekends, every morning we get up, we eat breakfast and we, and we go over and see her and we spend the day with her all day long. And then we come home and then the next day we go, I mean, this is a pattern. My kids are going to see my wife every minute they can mm-hmm. because they, and I start asking her, Hey, tell them the story about this. And she's telling them these wonderful stories and I'm just beat up inside. It's mentally, me. your, your mind is worrying I'm, itself. And I'm telling you, you know, you read in the Bible about, about people praying for hours and you think how, how in the world could somebody pray for hours? I know now, <laughs> Yes, I know now how people can pray. I've had times where I prayed for hours and fell asleep praying. 
And then mm-hmm. woke up and started praying again immediately. I'm like, please, God. But I'm but I'm so sure at this point that this is gonna happen, that I'm I got a I've got a 12 page map. Wow. Of how- of how I'm going to, and I still have this map and, and I'm, but I'm hiding this from the world. The world does not know. So right? who are you talking to about this? Nobody? I'm talking to, to God. Okay. I don't have, I can't tell anybody else. What am I going to tell my friends? I can't tell yeah. my mom. Can, who can you tell? Because, you know, you think in the back of your mind, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so I'm gonna look like a fool. I spent all this work with about a week to go. I'm at work. And I, and at the time I worked with my brother and he walked by my office and I was, he could see me. And he said, hey, what's going on with you? And you know how, how men are. I'm like, no, I got this. You know, and he's like, no, no, no. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. He saw it. And he said, something's happening, man. Mm-hmm. And so I confided in him. And I said, I think Shelly's going to die in childbirth. And he said, are, are you kidding? And I said, no, I've been struggling with this for about six months. I, I, and he said, you know what? I need to think about this a little bit. Let me think about it. He didn't want to say anything in that moment because this is serious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The story is he went off and prayed on his own mm-hmm. and came back to me. And he said, maybe a couple hours later, he said, you know what, Kyle? He said, maybe there's a lesson you need to learn. And maybe if you can learn the lesson, she doesn't have to die. And I thought it gave me hope. And I'm like, whoa, 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 maybe what have I learned? What have I experienced? What have I learned from this that I can take with me? And what I had learned was really interesting. It was this, you know, I've always been, I go to work and I come home and she's always been a, she raised the kids and she's, you know, she's the at-home mom. I would come home and there would be dishes in the sink or clothes that weren't folded. And I've always been a good husband. I've always said, I'm going to help out. But sometimes I'd be washing those dishes and I'd be seething. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, she's here all day long. Why can't she wash these dishes? You know, but I would do it. I wouldn't say anything, but internally I would be upset. Your right? mind is right. Your mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would, I would be upset because I'm thinking I'm doing my part. Mm-hmm. How can she and now I come home and I got to do part of her part. And so it would upset me, frustrate me. And what I learned through this experience is that when she was on bed rest in our home, I would go wash dishes. I would fold clothes, not because I'm trying to be a good husband and pretending out of obligation. I would do it because I loved her and I wanted her to know I loved her. I'd come in there and there'd be dishes in the sink. I'd say, I got this, babe. I got everything. You stay there on the on the couch, right? And then and then when she was in the hospital, the old Kyle, <laughs> I would be like, really? I got to get up, take her kids to school. Then I got to take her lunch every day. And then I got to go back to work. And then I got to get the kids at school. And then I got to take them to see her every day. This would be bothering me. But because I thought I was going to lose her, mm-hmm. I was like, I was like doing this in a spirit of love. I was like, I wake up, I take these kids because I want my wife to know I got this. I'm going to take care of these kids. I love her. I'm going to go take her lunch every day out of pure love. This ain't about obligation. Me washing dishes and me folding clothes and me doing all this stuff ain't about obligation. It's about pure love for my wife. And I thought maybe that's the lesson. The lesson is I need to quit doing this because I'm trying to act like a good husband. And I need to love my wife deeply. So this gave me hope, right? And 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 that last week, I was praying every day. I'm like, I got it, God. I'll never ever do things out of obligation again. I'm going to do things I love. Please let her stay, right? The rest of that, interestingly enough, right before I invited my brother to come with me and we prayed for her that she would be okay. And I knew in that moment she was going to be fine. Well, it changed me at my core. It turned me from this man who did things because I was supposed to. 
I wasn't happy, mm -hmm. but I was to a man who absolutely did it because I loved her. So you noticed this change in Kyle. You noticed it in yourself. And I could, I didn't really see it until he said, maybe there's some, maybe you need to make a change. But I already had, but I didn't know it, right? I didn't know. I was thinking that I was going to lose her. And I mm -hmm. wanted her to feel my love so fully. Everything I did was about loving her. Every service, every every word, every action. Well, interestingly enough, about, a, about six months, nine months after she came home with the twins, she came up to me one day and she said, you're different. This is important, listeners. He did not die in childbirth. She did this not. This is important. No. He said six <laughs> months after she came home. Yeah, she came home. So that home. means God had a plan, Kyle. God had a plan. And she said, you're different. And I said, what do you mean? She said, I feel like you feel different. You do. But it feels different to me. She felt it. And I said, Ooh. well, you don't really. I said, you don't really want to know. She said, yes. she said, she said no, I want to know. What, what's going on with you? Yeah. So, so I told her the story and we cried together. And she said, you have a 12 page plan? And I said, I do. She said, can I see it? I said, yeah, you can see it. I still got it right away. I think it turned our marriage into something different than it was before. I've always been a good husband and done what I'm supposed to do. I wanted to be a godly man and do those things to be kind, but I didn't do them for the right reason. I did it because that was I'm the lesson. You think that, that was, was the lesson? lesson? Absolutely was the lesson. Now, here's what's funny. And, and after that, I said, tell me the things you don't. I knew she didn't like to do dishes or fold clothes. She loved the rest of the stuff, cooking and all this other stuff. She loved that. And I said, you know what? You're never going to do another dish. You're never going to fold another clothes. That's what that when I do dishes, you know what it means. She said, I know what it means. And I would come home from work sometimes and I see dishes. I start folding, cleaning them. She said, come in here. Stop. Stop. Come in here. <laughs> And she and she would say, I'll do them later. And she would, she would do them later because she it became this comic thing between us. And interestingly enough, I don't know if you read this part yet, but after 25 years of marriage, right, we we ended up changing our bank account. And uh we it's not easy to do when you take your money from one bank and move to another. Still I did fun. did read about that when you were <laughs> sitting there waiting for the transaction to happen. I did yep. read that. He's talking yeah. about a book. His ebook. We're going to talk about that. Uh, did you say that you wanted to get? You would give that ebook to Absolutely. whoever wants. Okay. Anybody okay. you want to share it with, we'll share it with. Yeah. Okay. Well, and and so we're sitting in front of this this uh, banker, this lady. She's probably in her mid thirties, and we're just chatting. She, my wife, and I, and her, as she does these things and makes all the transactions work. About the time we're done, she turns to us and she says, "Can I ask you guys a question?" And we say, "Sure." And she says, "Are you newlyweds?" And my wife started laughing so hard. And she said, no, we've been married 25 years. Are you crazy? And the, and the lady said, I've never seen two people that love each that it feels like they love each other so much that as you two, the way you talk to each other, she said, I, I just feel it. And mm -hmm. she said, normally it's newlyweds, like maybe second marriages or later in their life. And I said, no, we got six kids and we... We laughed so much. And as we drove away, my wife said, I think we might have just rekindled the, the her faith in love. You know, and I said, well, that's good. I think that's that's great. And I, I do believe awesome. because, because I had that. I don't think there's any other way in my life that I could have learned that lesson had that experience not been so pain and heart wrenching for mm -hmm. me. And but I think God it, I, knew what you needed the way you needed it. Absolutely did. Yeah. And I think a big part of that is instead of just sitting back and worrying, I mean, I went to work and I said, what do I need to learn? What do I need to do? What lesson am I to learn? Right. Who can I serve? 
And I'm asking these questions all the time, right? Instead of just falling into my bed and, and going into the deep depression, thinking I'm going right. to lose my wife. I went to work and it, and it helped me to learn those lessons. Could have experienced that trial and she might not have passed away. And I never learned that lesson. And I don't know that our marriage would have. Who knows? Who knows? But, I hadn't changed. but that is the way that God planned it. He knew what both of you needed. And so he worked that together. And this is a hard question, Kyle, really hard. Because how soon or how long after that situation of, you know, the six months and thinking that she might pass away during childbirth, did she actually pass away? So it was 13 years because my, my twins okay. were 13 years old when she passed away. On, on Thanksgiving, I wrote about being grateful for 13 more years. So the Lord because... gave you 13 more years together at a at a different level in your marriage. Absolutely. You know, she and I used to tell people we have a top 1% happy marriage. We would tell. Now, I don't know if that's true because I can't really quantify that number. Did you just but make that up, Kyle? Yeah. But the 1%. <laughs> but she would say it and I would yeah. say it and, and we believed it. Right. And that's what mattered because it was and the two of you. People, right. Other people would look and say, those people are happy. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, that's the feel. I remember one day I was sitting in church. We would we would split up to get our kids to church because we have. You know, when you got six kids, it's it's sometimes tough. So, I would, yeah, I would take one group early and she would come later with the stragglers and she would always come in and we would kind of sit in the back because our kids are kind of rowdy. We don't mm -hmm. want to, you know, cause too sure. much turmoil. And so she would come in and I, I would see her come in in all her feminine glory. <laughs> right. And I would turn. And it's one of my greatest memories of watching her just come walking in. And it's just like a angelic to me and uh, on on one occasion there was another couple walking in and the couple saw me watch her walk in and they said after church they came up to me and they said we saw that I said you saw what we saw the way you looked at her and it made us both tear up oh and I said that's that's because you saw real. You saw what's real. And they said, we want that. That's what we want. And I said, you know what? It's it's work. But that's what we should all want, right? We should all want right. to look at each other, you know, these eyes. And I would tell her, she would come walking in and sit down. And she would see me every Sunday, watch her walk in. And she would see that in, in me. And I know every Sunday she felt like the most loved human being in the world, because that is how I felt. So I know. And Kyle, you, you did something else. As you said earlier, you took this experience and you did planning. You planned. But you also, and don't take this the wrong way, uh, my dad was taught not to cry. You know, that's not the male thing to do, you know. Right. But you took that and wrote a book, Facing My Biggest Fear, 180 days surviving and thriving for the first six months after the death of your beloved Shelly. You took yeah. that and you made a book out of it, kind of kind of like a diary. Yeah. Where every day you had to write it out. And a lot of times, Kyle, we don't, as you did, make a plan for resolving the pain. What made you do that? Because you also put in here so you don't bottle it up on the inside. Was that part of yeah. your impetus for writing this? You know what? It was therapy for me, mm -hmm. right? I think writing for me is calming. Okay. And writing for me helps me to express myself. And it also helps me 
you'll notice in, in every one of my writings, I don't stop at the pain. I never say, I'm struggling today. I'm not going to make it. I say, I'm struggling today. It's hard, but I'm going to turn to God. And, I, and, and it helps me to say how do I make it through this day? And, and I, it helps me to write out, get, you know, get my feelings out. First of all, now, luckily I didn't write it on paper because if I had, it would be wet with tears because it, <laughs> yeah. it, it is painful. And sure. I, think that's okay. I think that's okay. You know, I had to have my laptop in my lap a little bit away from me. So I didn't, you know, drip into the laptop right. and get it and get it all. What it allowed me to do is really express my love for her, mm-hmm. express my feelings, share those experiences not just for me to get get them out there and get them out of my mind, mm-hmm. but also to comfort me and to to say I'm gonna I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna I'm gonna do it to see us expand and grow and spread joy. My wife was very, very creative, mm-hmm. and she would take ugly things and make them beautiful. And so for me, a big part of that is to just she beautified the world everywhere she went. She left it more beautiful than she found it. That's right? because that's what was on the inside of Shelley. The beauty. Exactly. Yeah. In your book, you say, I could choose to be bitter or angry or frustrated, or I could choose to turn to the Savior and lay my trials at his feet and learn and grow from the experiences. I think all too often we feel like this is one of the things I struggle with. And I don't know if you've got to this point, but I'm kind of guilty, right? Because I'm not a survivor, I'm a thriver. Survivor's guilt. That's what they yeah. call it. Mm-hmm. And so as after she passed away, people would see me and they would say, you're doing OK. And I'd say, yeah, I'm doing good. And they would say, you really are, aren't you? And I'd say, yeah. <laughs> right. And, and and subconsciously for for a long time, I, I felt guilt mm-hmm. because I thought my pain should match my love. Oh, right? one to one. OK. And after, after a while, I realized realize very clearly that it does not have to work that way, right? We have pain because we love. Yes. It doesn't have to match one because if my pain matched my love, I would be incapacitated. I would not be capable of moving forward ever, right? Another lesson you learned, the pain does yes. not have to match. No, okay. and you know why? Because I learned a long time ago that when I have fear or, you know, my dad used to tell me fear, worry, and doubt cannot live in the same mind with confidence and faith. Repeat that. They can't live together. Fear, worry, and doubt cannot live in the same mind with confidence and faith. And I learned as a as a young man, I learned because of some of the trials I went through and, and some of the difficulties, I learned that not only did the Savior die for our sins, He died for our pain and suffering too. And it's okay for us to say, you know what? This is hard and it's painful. I can absorb all that pain. Or I can give it to my Savior because he has already suffered for me and I can hand it over. And I, he's done the work a lot and I can be free. You can be live. free. Yes. So I'll share an experience with you. A friend of mine had been married for about 20 years and his wife uh, cheated on him. Mm-hmm. And he had he had six kids, too. And, you know, it caused turmoil in their marriage and it, it ended it ended in divorce, obviously. But one of the things my wife and I did, by the way, is when, when other people would divorce, we knew we weren't above it. Mm-hmm. We knew it could happen to us. We didn't have this delusion that we're better than that because we, mm-hmm. we know what the world is. So we would always, whenever we heard of another friend's divorce, we would come together and say, what am I doing I need to fix? And she would say, tell me how I can love you more. And it would 
it was a trigger for us to love each other more because we did not want that. And so, right. so if, if our friends were good, good enough friends, she would go talk to the, the lady who got divorced and I would go talk to the man or, you know, in some cases. Uh, so we, we would say, tell us what happened. Tell us where it went wrong. Where could you see things? And they would share, right? Because we wanted to bring it back to each other and say, we got to watch out for these signs and these signals. I went to this gentleman and I said, you know, as I interviewed him and talked to him, and it wasn't really an interview, it was just two friends conversating, right? Just chatting, yes. Mm-hmm. Just chatting. And and he said, you know what, Kyle, I, it could have it could have killed me inside. And he said, so what I did was I went to the gentleman that she had an affair with and I knocked on the door and the guy answered the door and stood back, you know, and he thought there was going to be a confrontation. Wow. <laughs> what an interview. If you were listening carefully, you could hear the raw emotion in Kyle's voice as he shared his love for his wife, Shelly, with me, a complete stranger. I hope you gather your friends together to listen to this again and again, because it was certainly soul stirring. Thanks for being a regular listener to the Healthy, Wealthy and Wise Relationship Podcast. I'm inviting you to tune back in because we have one more episode with Kyle after this one. But I also want you to go back and listen to my previous content, other issues that I discuss every day, life issues. Remember to subscribe and tell your friends about this podcast so we can get the word out and you're notified when a new episode is posted. Also, reach out and tell me where you're listening from because your comments are very important to me. You can email me at yvonnetheauthor at gmail.com or you can answer the questions at the bottom of this post. I'm going to also put in my email in the show notes. And until we meet again, I want you to always remember that you are dynamic. Why? Because despite everything you've been through, you're still here.